Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. I am Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert. Everything we talk about, all of the tools, all of the premium content that we discuss here on the podcast, as always, you can find at RosterWatch.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, give it a good review. With that, Ton to get to. Uh, we have the MFL 10 cheat sheet version 2.0 that has come out post NFL draft. The Dynasty cheat sheet that just came out at the very end of last week, and we have Byron and the Trash Man over email bickering over certain things about the MFL 10 cheat sheet. We will talk about that. We will talk about a cockamamie uh, trade question involving Cameron Meredith that I was given in the OrangeBloods.com forums to pontificate over uh, here on the podcast. We'll also get to some news and notes. Byron, how do we even get it started? I was actually looking up this morning what the difference between pontificating and opining were. <laughs> what is the difference? I was assuming they're synonyms. They really no, no, are. I, I think when you opine on something, it's like you've pontificated on it and then you say it, right? Whereas you pontificate on something, you don't. it doesn't mean you've like communicated. They said pontificate is kind of, it's more like the pontiff, like in the church. It's more of an a preachy, mundane. Oh, so it's not what I think. Type of way. But it is, but it is basically expressing your opinion, which is similar, similar to opining on a subject. Uh, anyways, Roster Watch Nation, we'll never get along. <laughs> in a more preachy way? Yeah. It's, op- it's opining in a more preachy way. Yeah, huh. but kind of a mundane way too. You can look it up for yourself after the show. I will. Listen, we're never going to get along on talent alone, Roster Watch Nation. That's why we got to grind twice a week right here on the podcast. And we're going to put the baby to bed right here on podcast <laughs> number 23 for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's just dive right in here. Uh, something that looks like it's coming home to roost from the original scouting reports. It, it seemed like fake news after his rookie year. But I guess you got to keep in mind the long-term effects of uh, these players turning into grown men coming out of college. Kelvin Benjamin continuing to be nagged uh, by weight concerns and conditioning concerns. Contrary to everything Dave Gettleman said two years ago at the Combine describing his recovery from his ACL surgery where he was ecstatic about the amount of work that Kelvin was putting in and the time he was spending in the building. He thought his weight was good. That was 18 months ago. Something happened last last offseason, never resolved itself during the season. Apparently, this continues to be a nagging issue uh, even through this offseason. Very, very concerning. We've seen the addition of uh, Curtis Samuel and um, Christian McCaffrey. We know that they want to change the dynamic of that passing game. We've heard so- from insiders close to the – Panthers are at least ones that you talked to at LSU Pro Day that said they're getting tired of these of these big funchuses and Kelvin Benjamins of the world out there. They they want to change things up. 
No, they definitely do. So my question is, after I, and you alluded to my observations uh, of uh, the skeleton of the newest MFL 10 sheet as we were putting the finishing uh, touches on that. And my question to you simply was, are we to the point where we're just punting on Kelvin Benjamin? Yes, and, I, don't, and, I don't want him. And guys like Devontae Parker? I don't want him. I don't want either of them. We'll talk about that. Well, Dev oh, all right. We've talked about Devontae Parker before. I Even though the good reports are coming out about him right of now? Of course they're going to come out about him right now. He has to, Gaze has to throw a little bit of – they have to throw, a, throw a, a little bit of a bone his way after – I mean, they, they, they came right out, and they and – they, like they skewered him at the. I, I saw today that our program director at SiriusXM, Matt Deutsch, was he's still real lathered up and excited about the fact that he rosters deep on his dynasty uh, team, Leonte Carew. Do we think he's a donk for that? <laughs> I just think Leonte Carew's a dirtball. I, 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 and I also think that he, I think that he's gonna have trouble seeing the field just because he's gonna. Just I've heard he had a. I mean. I don't know this completely on the record, but I've heard from a lot of people that he had a bunch of concussions that went unreported. So he's well. This thing's already going off track about. a little bit. We'll circle back to Parker and Benjamin being punted off the MFL ten sheet. But this I just brings think up a Kelvin good question. Benjamin, all these guys, I want all these guys. I, I want at this point in time, I want a Kevin White. I want his upside more than I want Kelvin Benjamin right now. Two hundred eighty pound Kelvin Benjamin. In an what do you with think Kelvin Benjamin's upside is? Did you say two hundred eighty pound? There were reports as high as two eighty. He's been hanging out with Eddie Lacy at the Chinese buffet. The the China the yeah the China somewhere thing. down there in the southeast in SEC territory. It's some it's some it's some it's a, it might, uh -huh. might be a different kind of China food down there. So what is Kelvin Benjamin's upside? Realistically, you think Kevin White has more upside than Kelvin Benjamin? Realistically. Well, I mean, this might get into I mean, the whole stupid Cameron Meredith thing that I've been thinking about today that I can't believe I've thought, put so much thought into. Where am I on Cameron Meredith? Is he the number one in Chicago? I think I, we got to kind of like him right now. Well, but, well, but why not like Kevin White? He's one of the more beastly prospects we've ever seen. I like Kevin White. I just don't know if I can like him more than Kelvin Benjamin right now. They, why? Carolina doesn't even like Kelvin Benjamin right now. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin has at least shown that he can play in the professional uh, ranks. I think that Kevin White has shown is is at every opportunity during the scouting process at least has showed us that he's a, a beast and a freak. He's been a disappointment to the Chicago Bears organization a at, huge at every turn. At a huge at one. But every it's, turn. But it's it's been mainly due to injury. Well, hold on. I want to go back to the Dolphins receivers for a second. So another thing we saw in our dynasty league. Is Kenny Stills? This is this was in our rookie draft, and as a reminder, this is the experts league at SiriusXM, and it's a full-blown maniacal dynasty league, full IDP. It's an insane league. It's a six-round rookie draft. Well, there was a second-round pick, and Alex, he I don't know if he pontificated <laughs> on the last podcast about it, uh, but the fact that really want your your round two rookie picks don't you're not that excited about them. Round two and three picks this year. At not the a, end of it. At, at the, the end. end of it. At the beginning, you can still get your Curtis Samuel. Your P. Ryan's. Your, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about right, the late, idea of his Late Zay Jones. second round. Well, there was a second round. I think it was a late second round pick traded in our dynasty draft for Kenny Stills, who Adam Gaze told us personally at the Combine, he absolutely loves Kenny Stills. And we've always loved Kenny Stills. We, we, we were really, really high on him coming out of OU, having seen him just go bananas in the Big 12 so many times. Uh, so 
now that we're talking Dolphins for a second, which Dolphins receivers do you want to own if you're going to punt on Parker? Are there any Dolphins receivers you want to own? Uh, I mean... When you're looking at their ADPs? Kenny Stills. I mean, but his ADP right now in MFL 10 is 142, so he's a 12th-round pick. Yes, I, I want him in round 12 more than I, I want him. I think I want him more than I want Devontae Parker, period. Much less more than I want De- Devontae Parker in the middle of the seventh round where he's going right now in MFL 10. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. All right, well, on with it. You got any other comments on that one, Alex? I forgot even what the original It was Calvin Benjamin was. and Devontae Parker. We've punted on him. We're punting on him in MFL 10. Oh, We're going to have to reconsider Kelvin maybe up a few times. I hate Kelvin. I don't like right now until he comes in, to, until he comes in and he, they say he weighs 230, 235 pounds, maybe 240, like, and he's looking good and looking spry, and the reports are good. I'm not, I don't want Kelvin. My, my hands are off for right now. All right. Well, are there any Panthers receivers that your hands are on? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Who? Well, I mean, do you consider Christian McCaffrey a wide receiver or run? I guess we consider him a runner. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He, he's not. You can answer. You can put Curtis Samuel in your answer. Curtis Samuel. You want him more than Kelvin Benjamin this year? I'm not sure about. I'm not that. sure in a vacuum. I'm not sure in a vacuum that I do, but I think that that's something that you could end up feeling real stupid about. Well, does this raise the question that maybe we're sleeping on Greg Olson? Is Greg Olson being slept on right now in well, MFL tens and maybe even in Dynasty? Would you, who would who would you rather have? Would you rather have Greg Olson or Jameson Crowder? Well, given positional scarcity, I mean, you probably those sound like they're in about the right place. C.J. Anderson, Greg Olson, Andrew Luck, or Jamison Crowder? Ah, he's pretty close to right. He's pretty dialed in. Yeah, I got to say that it is. Yeah, so that's about where I value him. They're the, the wide receivers right now that I value more than Greg Olson, or not that I value more, but just how the way that the draft falls and the way that ADPs are beginning to shuffle out post-NFL draft in the, these MFL 10 best ball contests, the guys you have to value more are the Brandon Marshalls, the Larry Fitzgeralds, the Emmanuel Sanders, the Tyree Kills, the Stephon Diggs, that kind of area like that. Greg after Ol- you get to those, After you get to the Jamison Crowders, you get to the guys like the Dante Moncrief, or the the guys you got to take a little bit of a gamble on, like a uh, say a Martavis Bryant or a big bounce back out of a Corey Coleman. Those are the kind. I think around that time you can consider maybe pulling the trigger on a Greg Olson because I I I, I do think that he's going to continue to feast. Greg Olson, a top five fantasy tight end in 2016, averaging five receptions a game on top of his. Basically, virtually eight standard points a game. So he was he was around twelve to thirteen points in uh, in PPR game uh, last year for Olson. But the- and he was and do you know what's so crazy? The only league last year that I actually no. The only league that I it was the only experts league that I actually went to the championship in. It was a team that had Greg Olson. Oh man, I've just seen three new reviews pop up on iTunes. Oh, for, for, for Ross, the Ross Watch podcast. Well, it, this is God, a, that makes me feel monotonous. It makes us feel sick. You it's guys, not even nighttime. That's the kind of thing that you guys can do. You can give us a jolt of sickness into our lives that we love. We love seeing new reviews. We love seeing new ratings. Uh, you can you can subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, 
rate the podcast. You can review the podcast all in iTunes. It's very simple. Just whenever you open up your podcasts app on your iPhone, just search in the bottom roster watch podcast. You, when, whenever you search for it, the podcast will show up. The little icon that says RW will show up. Whenever you click on that, it'll give you the opportunity to rate the podcast. It'll give you the opportunity to give the podcast a good review. Please do it. Please support us. Uh, keep us being able to bring you two of these a week without our marketing guy telling us it is a waste of time and to shift more towards Four or five-star reviews have shown up on iTunes in just the last 32 hours. Maybe we'll get to a couple of those later in the pod today. Uh, so, Alex, quickly, this, this uh, is really podcast is taking its own shape. Uh, speaking of Greg Olson... Well, that just leads me to my next question. I, 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 where did we land on Jimmy Graham? I'm just thinking about there's some big name guys here that I, it appeared there could be some real value on in MFL tens right now, with guys like Kelsey, uh, so high up on the you know high up his ADP. Are are there opportunity with guys like Graham, Olson, et cetera, right now? Do you feel like Jimmy Graham kind of waned towards the end of the season last year? Was it was it just the what always happens? Doug Baldwin comes on in the second half of the season to the detriment of everybody else on the football team. It, was that the deal with Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham finished number two in standard on the season last year, tied in. If you pull I'm looking the, at his if game, you pull up the game log. I think yeah, if you look down the stretch, it waned quite a bit. Well, if you I, take out wild card, so you got to take out. You know, we don't. We you got to remember, we could always still have a little bit of DFS. Uh, remnants in our yeah, head course, from the playoffs. Course, so let's remove those last few weeks. Yeah, it was a little bit. He was really strong from week three through week about fourteen or so. Kind oh, of the really? meat of the season. He was pretty. He was pretty solid. I, I seem and to. Re- I seem to remember him falling off for me at the. Well, very, he fell. He fell off pretty badly from week fourteen on. Jimmy Graham did. It just seems like it was earlier. What did he have in the weeks eight, nine, ten, eleven? Well, eight weeks uh, eight was three point four. Week nine was twenty two point three. Week and this is standard. Week yeah. ten was five. Week eleven was ten point six. Weeks twelve was six point seven. Weeks twelve was twelve point three. I mean, week week thirteen was twelve point three. It was so I do remember it right. He he had some big stinker games in there, and somewhere he just barely. Yeah, it was kind of boom or bust, but, right. and it was. But but that was also first year one. back from the Pateller. It's, it's, and it's also the tight end position where you do, you can't really hope to get that much from any of these guys. It, you know, if you get past the, you know, hey, if I think that even like Tyler Eifert, who should be just one of the best fantasy players in all of fantasy football, if he could just stay healthy, you know, and, and continue his integration into that offense, you can't even really depend on him. It's hard to depend on a Zach Ertz breakout you can't depend on you it. You can't depend on it. So outside of a Greg Olson, outside of a Jordan Reed, outside of a Rob I like Markowski, a Jimmy Graham right now. Outside of a Travis Kelsey, maybe you could think about it. Maybe What's could, his ADP? In MFL 10s, it's 79. So that's a six, around a seven, seven point. Seven and a half. Seven point zero seven. Pretty, still fairly high. I mean, it's not getting crazy value on him. Yeah, well, and then when you consider, I mean... I like Jimmy Graham. I feel Kyle, like I mean, we Kyle, just started to see that I, I chemistry feel like last Kyle year. Rudolph is kind of a kind of in the same mold of a Jimmy Graham. You know, I rode Kyle Rudolph pretty <laughs> steadily, steadily through the season last year. Had to when I was in a pinch. It wasn't the worst decision. Yeah, and his, you know his ADP is closer to uh, like a hundred. Well, what so about what about the other guy that I thought maybe there's some value on big name tight end, but a rookie, OJ Howard. 
His do, we, do we think he can have a monster? Are there too many mouths to feed? Too many mouths to feed, but he could still have a monster. And for the and for the the, the end of the eleventh round, boy, I think he fine. could have. Do you think they predicted it could, it could be at least a Hunter Henry? It could be an eight touchdown. I was going to say we, they the prediction for Mike Evans as a rookie was ten touchdowns. He did it. I think there's a realm where OJ Howard can go for for ten touchdowns this year. Hey, let me ask you a question. Just to take it completely off the subject about things coming home to roost for Roster Watch Nation. We said it last time. What the hell is going on with KD Cannon? Well, what'd you think of that tweet that I sent you? That he uh, the photo I sent you of that he'd sent out. Well, he's a dumbass that gets on Twitter and he needs to stay his ass off. So the the few rumors we've seen were that he was a slug at training camp and really loafed it around and he was already cut for effort. And and what's so weird, as we said, is because he got paid the $45,000 signing bonus. They only get, I think, $100,000 to pay all of their undrafted free agents. And so generally you get only $10,000 to, if they like you, like $15,000, giving him $45,000. That's a monster. It was the biggest of anybody. The second biggest was only Corey Clement. And Corey Clement got 30000 So, I mean, they gave him a ton. It indicates that's a guy who's probably going to make the team. I heard that night in Dallas, he rented out a uh, club and was acting a fool like he had just gotten drafted. Um, he goes out there, and then he gets cut immediately. Are you saying he's been a dirtball? Is that the deal? Regardless, we said last time, things didn't add up with KD Cannon about his tape. Things are a little bit weird. Something smells funny here. That 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 thing came immediately home to roost. Yeah, and I didn't know if maybe because you, as close as you are to covering the Big Twelve and the Texas program, and have had a, a close watch on everything at Baylor. I didn't know if you guys had maybe some knowledge from stuff going on that would for, at Baylor that was potentially still affecting something might still Katie be coming Cannon. home to roost. But I did think it was interesting that he tweeted this out on five eight. What was that yesterday at ten oh four a.m. And I think it was the news that come out just the evening before that he'd been cut by the 49ers. He says, I love it when y'all talk bad about me, but when I get to the top, y'all be the first ones to try to ride my wave. Crying face, uh, two crying face emojis. So it's kind of a stupid tweet, but it also doesn't really sound to me like somebody who's worried they've got some real big skeleton in the closet that's about to be exposed or keep them from being in the NFL. Who knows, man? There's still a lot of investigation going on there at, at Baylor. You can't even keep up with the amount of investigations that they're under right now. And, 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 the, and, the, number of, and the, number, the numbers of football players that were involved in, in those situations, that's, you know, that's just, I don't, I, 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 have, I have no idea what's, what's going on with Katie Cannon. I've just always said, son, there's something that just doesn't smell right with that whole thing. I feel like that's coming home to roost. Speaking of who the hell knows, who the hell knows how many running backs that the Seattle Seahawks can roster? I'm starting to think I want less and less of Thomas Rawls and that Eddie Lacy and oh, probably C.J. Prosize are the only two guys I'm interested in right now. The Seahawks have added former 49ers running back, a guy that's been a little bit of a trash man over the years, Mike Davis, former player from South Carolina, good college career at South Carolina, had... Some good playing spurts for the doing? 49ers. So right now, the... This just spells the end of Thomas Rawls. The Seahawks' depth chart is insane. Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, CJ Procise, Alex Collins, Troymaine Pope. Hey, R.I.P. your Alex Chris Collins. Chris Carson, George Cheers. Farmer, Terrence McGee, Trey four, Madden. Four one out for your Alex and Collins. And Mike Davis. Cheers. Four one out for my... God. Damn it. So they're going to be looking for guys who fit, fit different roles. I mean, if I had my druthers, you'd be... CJ Pro size is the one I want. Yeah. 
I, I like Lacey too. I like CJ Prosize because he's the only one who has a, I believe that has a clearly defined role that he's going to be used as the pass catching back. He's going to be used as a back when they want to speed things up. And he's also a guy that can run between the tackles that they're not going to have to take well, out on first and second You said how much you love the Darren Sproles and the PPR and the Reggie Bushes and these PPRs. I can get on board a little more with a with a CJ Prosize than I can with an Alvin Kamara uh, when it, according to that strategy. Yeah, I'm with you. In PPR, CJ Prosize is our guy. If I can get value on Eddie Lacy. I like it, and I see Thomas Rawls as somebody who m- might be a reasonable handcuff later in the season for Look, if you, Lacey owners. If you were going to use the MFL 10 cheat sheet, you would not be taking Thomas Rawls until the area where you were taking like wide receivers with an ADP of 133, like Will Fuller, you know, or or you know, you know, I'd rather have his teammate Tyler Lockett. Who has a 124 ADP? I'd rather I'd, I'd rather take a shot on Brashad Perriman at 123, or get Mike Wallace at 132. I'd rather have Marquise Lee in his ADP is 152. So yeah, like it's, uh, yes, it's not. It, at at his current price, Thomas Rawls is not a reasonable fantasy commodity at all. Speaking of muddled running back situation situations tell me if you can identify which depth chart this is which team does this belong to what do you mean lorenzo taliaferro terrence west it's but it's well it sounds like baltimore ravens but danny woodhead javoris allen yeah can you believe it that's their running back depth chart Terrence West been re-signed to a one-year deal by the Ravens in so recent do we days. Need to get, so do we need to get Terrence West on the cheat sheet? You, you, I mean, I'm, let's figure out what to make of that. I mean, if you ask me, I like, I like guys like Danny Woodhead and Javoris Allen. I'll tell you, I hate slugs like Lorenzo Telfero and Terrence West all day. But when I look at that, that strikes me as Terrence West is the starting running back on this team. It's the starting running just, back I'm is not, not Lorenzo Chalafero. Sure. I'm just not even sure that the guys like Terrence West. And- they hate Buck Allen for reasons I will never understand. You know, Ravens training camp is one I'd like to consider getting out to if we can make it to the East Coast this year. That's fine. Boy, I, I sure did like it. that West Coast tour last year. Hard not to want to go back West. Well, you guys go to rosterwatch.com, get pro memberships. The more of you that sign up for pro memberships to get these tools, the more maniacal trips like this we can go on and broadcast to you live from. Yeah, that'll and be talk, and, and talk about crab cakes. Yeah, the more training camps we can go to, boy, I'd love to go for the blue yes. crab. Well, they say they the dump them out. Crab. It's like a crawfish boil, except it's much better as it's crab. We can go see our. We can see our boy. Um, no, we can't see Rumford Johnny. He's from up in. We Rhode can see Island. like an Eric Galco more in a Philadelphia. We can see Teron Davenport. Well, Teron is in Philly, but he's yeah. been around the Baltimore area. Nonetheless, I'd like to go where that you go and you sit by the harbor and they put a bunch of butcher paper down on your table and dump a huge thing of seasoned crabs out with a bunch of cold, frosty beers. Oh, God. And I think that there's some potatoes in there and some... Is there some corn on the cob? Or is that just for... Or is that more of a crawfish? I mean, that's what we do with crawfish. It's pretty good stuff, too. So Terrence West... What do you think? You got to consider him. Do we know his ADP? 
No, I didn't even look at Terrence West's ADP. I didn't even consider him for the cheat sheet. I just think once you get, I mean, I think once you get, do you want him, it just depends, do you want him as much as Duke Johnson and Charles Sims and stuff? Because those are the guys yeah, at the very bottom. I might want him more than those guys. Those is in PPR, because it's PPR, you give those guys a little edge. Danny Woodhead, I mean, I don't, I think I can, I can get him on there maybe at the very end with the Chris Ivories and the Corey To me, Clements Terrence West looks like the starting running back That's for the fine. Baltimore Ravens. Can you, I am shocked. We thought that, Aussie would poke around Derrick Henry in the second round last year for the Ravens. What are they doing at the running back position? Do you like him more than... Okay, so do you like him more than... You don't like him more than Marlon Mack, do you? Terrence West? Yes. Yeah. Do you like him more than Rex Burkhead or Darren Sproles? No. As Probably as much as Sproles, close to Sproles, maybe more than Burkhead. I mean, but if that's where he's at, you got to close, or you're thinking about getting him close. All right, I'm going to add him in. He'll be in the next update. I'm not going to go rushing to get this thing up, though. Is it? Do you, do you spell Terrence with an with an A A N C? Yes, sir. Two two R's. Indeed. Okay. Well, what right. we're talking about running backs that are probably off people's radars in their MFL tens right now, and I think even in Dynasty, and I, you know, I'll take a little blame for this. I don't think this is a guy we've talked enough about in recent weeks is don't we gotta don't we really really have to be poking around on jonathan williams in buffalo right now with mike gillisley out and in new england yeah yeah because shady's gonna get hurt at some point i mean he's a must own jonathan williams is gonna we're gonna get him in men's salary on on dk at a few games this season and no one's gonna know to just get him just insta plug him into every lineup i mean a very very hey, he's good runner. A, I think he's going to be a. I think he, yeah, you're right. He's going to be a more important handcuff than anybody An realizes. Insanely important handcuff. I think he may have standalone value. Shady is at risk of going down at any time, and right now it's Lashawn McCoy, Jonathan Williams, Joe Banyard, and Cedric O'Neill. <laughs> John, this is going to be the Jonathan Williams show. Oh yeah, at some he's point gonna, he's going to play. He's going to get action no matter what. He is. He's going to get action even if Shady stays healthy. It's time to trade for him. I, I can't believe him. we haven't thought about it. We've kind of thought about it. We've talked about it, but can't believe we haven't gotten gotten sick. Can't about let it. these things slip through the cracks. Jonathan Williams, a guy that we had watched a lot of tape on and scouted live at the Senior Bowl two years ago, he reminded us of like a bigger, more powerful Doug Martin. Almost. I just always, I just always hated it that we didn't get to see him go full, full pads at the senior boy but you could tell he was explosive you could even tell in the first day where it was just shorts and uh, short and he's shoulder a pads. solid solid build at running back and his tape was fantastic jonathan williams buffalo bills roster watch nation it's time to mobilize unite and go make and a go coordinated effort to get him in your mfl tens get him for cheap in your dynasty leagues trade those shitty late round dynasty rookie draft picks that we don't care about this year Trade him for Jonathan Williams now. Yeah, I'm getting Jonathan Williams in on the cheat sheet right now since he wasn't on there. And we will just chalk that up to a big win right there at the very end of the draft. Um, as always, you can find all these tools at rosterwatch.com. Make sure you follow the, th the three simple rules at the top, especially for the MFL 10s. Um, for these best ball leagues, you need to take the exact number of running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses that we recommend in the exact order that we recommend in order uh, for you to be selecting a team that is guaranteed to have export quality results. 
ESPN suggesting that running back Joe Mixon is in line for a heavy dose of playing time immediately in Cincinnati, including being used on special teams to begin as he battles Jeremy Hill uh, for uh, more more snaps Jeremy on first Hill's and Kelvin, second down. Jeremy Hill's a Kelvin Benjamin to me. I don't want him. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I do not want him. I don't care. His ADP is now down to like ninety something. Joe Mixon's ADP is a fit is in the fifties. I want Joe Mixon more more than I want Carlos you Hyde think that if, in a vacuum. You, I want Joe Mixon more than I want Mark Ingram in a vacuum. You think if the Bengals get to camp and they're happy with Mixon and they think Gio has recovered, they consider uh, trading Jeremy Hill because he's he's in this final. You're not going to get anything for him. If they just let him finish up, they may want the depth, and they and and they might still like. I him. think that I just think that it's obvious to me that Joe Mixon, a healthy Joe Mixon, <laughs> gives the team a better opportunity to. Yeah, win and if I was games. a team that needed a running back, I'd approach. I would approach the Bengals with a late round pick for Jeremy Hill. That'll yeah, be an interesting be situation to, to watch. Uh, you know what? Sometimes these NFL GMs, somebody needs to float it to them, and then to once they hear it, it up, it gets the wheels. That's turning. why roster watch needs to go to more events. Even more things. They just need to hear it at the podium. Yes. Something. Yes. Joe Mixon gets us very, very sick in our dynasty leagues. I think we're going to have a lot of exposure to him across the board this year. MFL 10s, redraft, and all. Another rookie running back that we're going to have a lot of exposure to. And he's more of the shrimpy variety that the robot genius loves getting exposure to. <laughs> he loves exposing himself to the little slippery, slimy, shiny ones. There's a lot of hype about Cream Hunt squirting around the field. Uh, this fall in Arrowhead. Coming home to roost? Coming home to roost. Uh, but again, ESPN, I guess they got their beat writers on the scene right now at the rookie mini camps. Uh, ESPN reporter Adam Teicher, he, he, I guess, is he maybe pontificating? <laughs> it depends on the, it depends on his style of, of delivery of the communication. That Spencer Ware is likely <laughs> to be the, continue to be the starter in Kansas City. Now, he doesn't really uh, specify whether that's only to begin the season or whether he considers that a likelihood for the entirety uh, what's he of gonna, the season. What's he going to say now? I mean, what the, what's he going to say, though? I mean, I think the fact that he didn't – a lot of these guys are going to say things like, you know, look, David Johnson's the starter. Or, you know, look, George – George, well, it's not George, the coach George, saying it, Jordan though. Howard's this is starter. a beat writer speculating. I, I, I think that sometimes beat writer speculation is worth listening to. Sometimes it's, it's not worth listening to. I think the nuance that I take away from that is he didn't say that Spencer Ware is the starter. He says he's likely the starter. It's that, to me, it's like, it's like still. It's like it's a competition. It's, to, yeah, to me, it just gives the gives the feeling that somebody that's around the team, watches the team a lot, Saying you know if 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 I had to handicap it, I'd say it's Spencer Ware. Well, how but how how concerned are you that Spencer Ware retains this similar role to what we've seen last year, and that all we get out of Cream Hunt is he steals Sharkandrick West's snaps? Well, that's concerning. I mean, that's concerning. Does it make you like? Does it make you like Spencer Ware at this time? I, I don't. It doesn't make me like him any more than a Ty Montgomery. No, certainly not. So no. I can't get him up any higher than he is. I'm just wondering, should Kareem Hunt... I don't necessarily know I want to get Kareem Hunt down. I just think this is an interesting thing to monitor. Well, I mean, just at the point in time where you're going to be taking what Kareem... Is, I don't know. What is maybe. Kareem Hunt's upside if Spencer Ware doesn't go down this year? 
think it's a thousand yards I, or ten touchdowns. I, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by what I believe that Kareem Hunt's a better running back. And I don't care what Adam Teicher of whatever ESPN said. I think he's a better running back as well. He's gonna he's gonna take the job by some. I just think don't you think for him to have the big fantasy action, he's gonna really have to unseat Spencer Ware too. Yeah. And I think you can't you can't get the big fantasy action just being the turbocharged once Char Kendrick West. One, here's the thing. Once it once once it comes time for camp, and if the word coming out of camp and from what we see in the preseason games and everything else goes to show that it's looking like this is gonna be a Spencer Ware kind of led backfield. Then we'll have to come off cream hunt a little bit, but for these early purposes, like that's why we're better than everybody else is because we, you know, we know before everybody else this stuff. So I'm not going to give away our edge. I'm going to say that until we hear that cream hunt's not going to come in and take Spencer Ware's job, like I believe he's going to do, at least over the course of the season. I think he's going to at least usurp him over the course of the season because Spencer Ware's contract's up after this year. I do believe. Kansas City, another. It just makes it, it just makes enough. It just makes perfect sense. Kareem Hunt, I believe, is the running back of the future there. Another potentially nice destination for the training camp tour, especially if I hit Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos as planned. AFC it's going to be hard not to just go complete uh, complete that thing out there in Kansas City. Look, we'll tell you that Kareem Hunt is the better runner, and, but let's not confuse this either. He's no Charkandrick West. We're speculating about him potentially taking that role, but he's a much better player. He's a different player than West. We saw him come in a little light at the Senior Bowl. What was he came in at 208 and then he came in at the combine at 215 basically told us it was just a water issue I, I i think his weight was overstated in college i in no shape way or form i've seen the guy in the locker room i don't believe he ever carried 228 pounds of any kind of healthy athletic weight in college like he was listed at but this is a guy who's 210 maybe 220 pounds in a year or two that's a Devontae Freeman and that's, yeah that's guy. a guy who this is not a charcandrick west it's a guy who can steal spencer Ware's job uh even on first and second down it's byron lambert here with alex dunlap on the roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com remember to go get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com also rate review and subscribe to the podcast that way you get it pushed right to your phone we don't have exact days that we do this each week we just give you two a week you always want to push right to your phone so you know right when they come you'll get an alert uh, make sure you are subscribed. It's also something else that advertisers look at, and we want to um, we want to attract advertisers because advertisers give us money. Okay, so here are the couple of other things that I wanted to go. Do you have, do you have any more news and notes? Yeah, there's a few more, but well, we can. No, it's 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 fine. It, it really isn't that much. It's just about you versus Trash Man as far as your MFL ten. As far as your MFL 10 suggestions, thoughts, and plots. This sounds so exciting. Let's delay that gratification <laughs> to the end of this podcast. Uh, so finally, we, we were talking about Cream Hunt there and his weight. And the, the other upshot from that is he, he's a tough runner. We've seen him live in a person. He's a tough runner. Uh, coming home to roost, looks like. Uh, Eagles beat riders opining <laughs> that it's difficult to see uh, Doriel Green Beckham on the team this fall. You're coming home to roost. Uh, plain and simple. But it Roster Watch Nation, I mean, it, dude, and here's the thing. The guy's a It slug. was an unpopular thing for him to be at the very bottom, the very worst player of our of our on-field testing for for the at the NFL Combine. We took a lot of shit for that. We were called haters by a lot of people. We, we, we told, said we were sleeping we were on the, the next, next Randy Johnson, Moss. All this bullshit. 
And so we're just like, we're at home. We're like, well, look, we got to rely on our own scouting. We have to rely on our own processes. You know, we, this is the work that Roster Watch Nation is out having us do. We can't just lie about what we've seen to make our narrative fit with the narrative of the group thinking. And Dorio Green Beckham sucks. Look what's happened. Yeah, no. Coming home to roost. Not twitchy. He's sluggish. Everything is labored. He's lumbering. He's lumbering. It's la- laborious. He's, and I think he's a knucklehead. Uh, nonetheless, it does appear though the competition will probably be between him and Nelson Aguilar for that last spot. You know, I think folks seeing Aguilar still has a little more upside than than Green Beckham. He's flashed a little more, and his contract is a little more prohibitive. Uh, to get rid of him. Aguilar, I mean, not anybody I want a piece. I can say what we want a piece of, but I'll certainly be interested to see what he what he does in year two with Carson Wentz now that he's got a couple of legitimate veteran starters in front of him and the pressure might come off a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Aguilar starts popping off a little bit as a wide re- as the third wide receiver in that offense with not not having to be the focus. Well of you defenses. like it he's uh you you like that he's worked out all summer with Carson Wentz. You sure do. And if he just, you know, Aguilar just needs confidence. I think if he can come in and not have the spotlight on him, not be the first-round pick that's a rookie, not come in year two and basically have to be this one of the lead, trying to take the lead role on the wide receiver position, I think if he can come in, get 50, 50 60 receptions, that would be a huge year just for building his confidence. Um well, moving who, forward, who do you have more faith in coming into this year, Nelson Aguilar or Kevin White? I mean, I think Kevin White has a bigger opportunity this how year. How about Kelvin Ben? Or how about Nelson Aguilar or Kelvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin, of course. Yeah, that one's not even very. How close. about how how about Nelson Aguilar or Brashad Perriman? Brashad Perriman, he's got a chance to be the starter. It's not excellent for either of them, but Brashad. You like Kevin White better than either. You like Kevin White better than Brashad Perriman, no, right? No, I like Brashad Perriman the best of that group. Huh. It's funny. The ADPs don't even really fall like that. I think, though... The Ravens' current wide receiver our, depth chart is Mike Wallace, Brashad Perriman, Chris Moore, Vince Mayle, he sucks. He Kenny does. Bell, he sucks. Right. He doesn't suck, but come on. I mean, he he's had chances. He's had chances to rise on the depth chart. Yeah, I think there's still some Kenny Bell truthers out there. Chris Matthews. So I'll tell you who's a sleeper here is Chris Moore. Our boy Chris Moore. Ozzie Newsome did shit to address I, yeah, I know. pitiful wide receiver and running back. Everybody depth mocked uh, it was a John Ross, a Corey Davis, all these guys on the mock. Draft. Hey, this is shaping up for Chris Moore, one of Roster Watch Nation's golden sons. Uh, golden son of Roster Watch Nation, one of the sicker wide receivers that we had ever seen at the Senior Bowl before we got uh, before we got the sickness of a Zay Jones and a Cooper Cup. He was honestly the best I'd ever seen. Chris there. Moore and Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm Mitchell too. What what is I mean Chris those, Moore, those guys are guys like I view those guys as as good a prospects as a Marvin Jones, you know. Oh, yeah. It's that same kind of oh, yeah. week, maybe a little bit better. It's just crazy. Chris Moore, man. That's, I mean, but no, I already we, don't, we don't like him as much as Zay Jones or Cooper Cup, but we oh, would, no, but no. we certainly liked him. I would have liked him as much or more than a Taewon Taylor, a Josh Reynolds, or Ryan Switzer. Yes. Either of those guys would have made our old senior bowl team this year, along with Cup and You like Zay him Jones. more than a Philip Dorsett. 
Yeah, you sure do. Chris so, Moore. I mean, yes. well, so what are the ADPs on Chris Moore and Brashad Perriman right no, now? I haven't even looked at Chris Moore's ADP. Should he be, brought, he needs should, to be on the should, radar. He should be the guy who's just like the last wide receiver on the Needs on to be our radar. He's a guy who can get vertical, and Flacco loves That's to throw fine. the ball down I'll, the field. I'll, put, I'll just put Chris Moore down here with the with the Kenny Galladay's of the world. Just guys I wanted to sneak in at the very end yeah, and make it, sure we got a little exposure. And it's good to just always have those guys on on there so they just stay on our radar even if they don't ultimately end up on our teams we don't want to we don't want out of out of sight out of mind with these players. Right, these right. are good players who could pop off at any point okay so it's to, it's it's looking like there's going to be an updated version of the mfl 10 cheat sheet to version 2.1 you can expect it out at some point on tuesday night or wednesday depending on when our webmaster gets it up what is paraman's adp um his ad let me pull the skeleton up uh, Paraman ADP as of yesterday in MFL 10, 123. So, so around what, 11th round, 11, pick early two, round 11. So, yeah. Gotta seems get, a little high. Seems a little bit high. I mean, I still, I don't get me wrong, that still represents potential value and that's a perfectly acceptable later round pick. Uh, but I am surprised it's that high. I'm surprised he's not just totally off the radar. I if guess this is because it, the cupboard is bare in Baltimore. Who, okay, all right. Well, who, who do you want more, Mike Gillisley or Brashad Perriman? Man, I'll tell you what. The trash man would take Mike Gillisley right there, and he would be right. And I'm going to tell you I really want to feel sick about the Brashad Perriman breakout because he's a monster. But that's one where the trash man would outsmart you, take Mike Gillisley, and then take your money on some kind of bet at the end of the season. At this point, do you want Jeremy Hill or Brashad Perriman? Oh, that one's close. I think you got to take roll the dice on a Brashad Perriman breakout. How, what if I threw Jack Doyle into the mix, the tight end? Because that's a real sneaky one in Indianapolis. I just don't get sick about uh, about this thing Jake is Doyle. So, this thing is so this thing is so <laughs> Jack Doyle. This thing's so dialed. He's in. a real Jake. Yeah, he is a he is he is a real Jake. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, we've been mulling over this one for a while. We you know last year we tried we tried to test out the uh, Philip Dorsett theory late, didn't really work. Now we're concerned about Kamar Aiken in the fold, and we know we're in a contract year. So the question is, is this you know is Dante Moncrief a sleeper this year that could break out you know finally? Or is it just the time now with Moncrief? You just say, God, Kamar Aiken's going to snipe from him. We know Dorsett is talented. He didn't do anything last year, but he's a talented guy that's still kind of in the mix. And the bottom line is all we've said all along this offseason is that we just want all the T.Y. Hilton all the days of the year. Yeah, I think T.Y. Hilton's emerging as more and more of a target monster and a complete hog. I think Dante Moncrief's going to be fine, but, man, he was just so touchdown dependent. I was a Dante Moncrief owner in a couple spots last year, and I remember thinking, man, he was honestly a better owner in standard than he was in PPR, well, he's like, say, it's, it's, which is so weird to say about a wide receiver. Well, he's saying he wants to increase his yak, his yards after catch in 2017, and the wide receivers coach in uh, Indianapolis, actually Sanjay Law, a long-time, long-time wide receivers coach across the league, started as a young wide receivers coach with the Raiders years ago. Uh, you know, it's the typical, you know, uh, sunshine right now. He's saying that Moncrief has all the tools to be elite, and he's shown it in the past, but the consistency hasn't been there, and they certainly think he can get to that level. So it's kind of this mixed talk. He's in the contract year. They're saying he thinks he could be great. He's saying he wants he, – he thinks he can improve his yards after catch. We're sitting here saying, man, they signed Kamar Aiken. 
have Philip Dorsett. This doesn't all make that much sense to us. Is his ADP enticing at all? No. And you're not going to own him if you use the MFL 10 cheat sheet. His 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 ADP is I mean his dude his ADP is absolutely bananas. It's preposterous. This, this fucking guy, he's got an AD, he's got a he's got a fourth round ADP. Oh, that's that's simply preposterous. No, and you, so you're I mean they're, they're fourth guys, round. There are guys with seventh round ADPs that I I I want Martavis Bryant more. Oh, we're not gonna have any exposure to Dante Moncrief. No, I mean they're just they're literally they're guys they're guys in the seventh round who who I who I want more. They're they're got like. I mean, I mean, I had for ADP purposes to. It makes me even sick that even he on he's on this cheat sheet ahead of Corey Coleman and Willie Sneed. I would take both those guys over him. You just have to for ADP purposes because they're thirty they're thirty players apart. But they're just there's certain players that even in a vacuum, I I I am I'm taking Martavis over him. I'm going to take Jamison Crowder over him. And a PPR, I mean the. I mean, Deshaun Jackson has, is 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 thirty has is taken thirty players later than Dante Dante Moncrief's being overdrafted. Podcast twenty three, we're putting a bunch of earwax on this one for you, roster watch nation. What uh, what the trash man have to say that's going to get me on till? All right, first, and you know what? This is this this is one thing that I took into consideration, and I did I did change. I played the ADP game with it. And it's right at the very top. And he's saying that now with O.J. Howard to the Bucks and Deshaun Jackson that was pre-existing that we knew about in the previous um, iterations, that Mike Evans didn't belong above Julio anymore. What a dirt ball. No, and, and here's the thing. I don't think he does either. I'm going to take Julio Jones. The guy who the so – the Trashman's argument here is going to be OJ Howard. The Trashman's argument here is going to be less red zone targets for Mike Evans, and then he's and his whole argument, about, his whole life about Julio Jones is he yeah, doesn't score touchdowns. Right, look, and I'm I'm uh, it was uh, I'm not listening to the that element of the Trashman's argument, but the but the element that I do keep wondering about is you want to get high on OJ Howard, you want to get high on Deshaun Jackson. Be high on on Mike Evans, and of course, James I don't know if I need to be high. Are we high on Mike Evans? I don't know that we need to be low on Mike Evans. No, we're still we would still be once we would be this this way. We would be only one spot high on Mike Evans instead of two. Well, there's the ADPs are low for Howard and Jackson. I don't think it's out of this. Out, I don't think it's impossible to to accommodate all of this. Right. I, I, my takeaway though is Mike. How is any team gonna put any double coverage on Mike Evans this year? How can a team afford to put double coverage on Mike Evans this year? It, it's it's going to be week three or four. They're getting eaten alive by O.J. Howard or Deshaun Jackson when they're trying to do that to him. And and then you say Mike Evans single coverage. That's a dream come true. No, I get it. But it's still it's still a lot of mouths to feed him with Mike Evans. He's just been so dependent on volume. Well, fair enough. Well, you know, Julio Jones is a safe play, and, it, and so we're it just falls splitting in line a hair. 80, there. We're just splitting a hair. Just a flip flop. We and we split the hair because we have that much respect for OJ Howard. It's just a flip flop. So there's so there's that. Okay, he's asking if if Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson is gonna. He basically he wants he he likes Jordy Nelson more than he likes Michael Thomas. Whereas I had those guys sorted by their ADP. You know, you and I have had the kind of the 
back and forth on Jordy Nelson throughout the offseason on on the podcast. And here's the thing. You and Trash Man you both came to a conclusion that was very hurtful to many of us in Roster Watch Nation, very hurtful to me, about Jay Ajay. You need to take him over Todd Gurley in a PPR. Sometimes you got to swallow your medicine. And you guys both said that. And I mean, so I had to have I, to. I, I had to do it, have even though to. it just made me sick. Cause, because Gurley's literally the player I've loved the most at the position, while Jay Ajay is literally one of the players as a prospect that I hated the most. So for for so for everything that does, oftentimes usually come home to roost here at Roster Watch. This is a this coming home to roost is one that's completely unexpected, unwanted. I mean, honestly, something that I would have thought. <laughs> I mean, unthinkable. I still don't. I would have be having to get Jay, goddamn a Jai over Todd Gurley on in any kind of cheat sheet. Well, I, I certainly don't think that season long cheat sheet. Yeah, I mean, it's. I still don't think that Jay Ajay is any type of generational talent that's going to be relevant five years from now. Whereas I certainly believe that guys like Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, uh, Zeke Elliott, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, will be. I don't think he's in that league, but you know. In in fantasy, we're always looking for a situation where, you know, talent. I hate to use the word with him, but talent meets opportunity. And the fact is, fantasy is circumstantial. Adam Gaze loves Jay Ajay. He is the workhorse and the focal point of that offense until he gets hurt. The offensive coordinator has come out again recently and said they're getting him way more involved in the passing He's game. He's going to get snaps. hurt. It's a beastly situation. He's going to get hurt. Who, who's his handcuff? Trash man, it probably tell you it's some kind of Damian Williams. It's a it's a Kenyon Drake. Ugh. Oh God, God, they're in trouble. No, if JHI I hate gets that. hurt. All right, so uh, another. Hey, Trash man says he's like you. He says, "Where's Terrence West? Where's Terrence West?" So you know that's another thing you guys ag- uh, agreed on. One thing where you guys he didn't are, have me on too much tilt. You so guys far. are well. Here here it goes. Didn't take long. Allen Robinson, you said that you might actually like him in like even a few spots over the Keenan Allens, the Sammy Watkins of the world. You feel he's safe for a bounce back, et cetera, et cetera. You say you did say it's all pretty close though. Trash Man says no reason to have Allen Robinson over Doug Baldwin. That's Baldwin has been That's more fucking cockamamie. He's a scumbag. <laughs> he's uncouth and he's a dirt ball. And Doug Baldwin's not even like so. Basically, Trash Man is saying you're saying move Allen Robinson up uh, two or three spots to where we're still. I mean, we're, considering his ADP, we're only probably thirty, maybe thirty percent of uh, people who were even picking in that general area are going to get him. So maybe a total of I don't know across roster watch nation, maybe a total of. 10% exposure here to Allen Robinson that we're going to, that we're going to be giving, but he wanted him to be, he wanted him to be one, two, th- like three spots down. So you guys had a significant difference in opinion in the way you view Allen yeah, Robinson. He doesn't have any money and I don't listen to people who don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, well, Especially people who don't have any money and who don't want to uh, you know, put, work for yeah, it. They don't want to put forth any effort to gain it, even knowing that they have none this with opportunity. Panhandler culture in Austin, Texas, and yeah. he's taken right to it. Oh, he's, he, I think that he could, you know, he could, he, he could teach a class on how to move to Austin, Texas and never pay a bill by just freeloading off of friends. And still in, in, enjoy a wonderfully entertaining life. Yeah, he sure does. And a stress-free one. He's going to live longer than neither of us. God damn it. <laughs> okay. And both you guys... Uh, well, let me... Can I talk about Alan Robinson for one second? 
It's a good talking point. I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah, just we'll we'll, we'll hurry it up. There, so here's our you know we pose this question to, uh, oh, why am I forgetting the the GM Caldwell? We pose it to him at the combine. Look, the, you can sum up everything that happened to Allen Robinson's fantasy value in one, um, in in one analytic. It's, it's stri- strictly as yards per catch. We asked Dave Caldwell, what the hell happened to that? Why did it go down to twelve? last year and is this who Allen Robinson is because that's who he thought he was coming out of college that's who he was his rookie year but it's not who he was the monster sophomore year he was 18 yards per catch targets didn't change touchdowns didn't change that much he just told us they weren't able to break double coverage Allen Robinson started getting double covered they couldn't break it Marquise Lee was playing well but he wasn't drawing it and that was that was the problem that was something they were gonna have to figure their way around so my question is you bring in a Leonard Fournette. You bring in a D.D. Westbrook, who's Deshaun Jackson, is to stretch the field. You got Marquise Lee coming off a good year. The defensive coordinators are going to have to pay a lot more attention to now. You still got Alan Hearns out there. Feels like the Jaguars are building an offense that's going to make it tougher for defenses to consistently double-team Allen Robinson. And then there's also room for Allen Robinson to develop himself and be able to play him his way out of those situations when they do confront him. So I, I just, with Allen Robinson, I don't want to be too bullish. I want to be realistic about what we've seen and what we know about him, what our scouting report's been on him. But I also just don't want to be a situation where we completely sleep on Allen Robinson. We're not going to fail. And we until, say, yeah. oh, my God, of course, with Leonard Fournette getting eight in the box, Allen Robinson's just catching bombs over the top for touchdowns. We should now. have seen it coming. Right. So, yeah, we're not going to completely fade him, and we'll see how things go. Look, coming into camp. But I'm not – like you said, we're not going to get any higher than ADP on that guy. I, I, look – ADP is probably pretty high. Just it's too of who high. He is. Just a, yeah. just like Amari Cooper's is too high. Too, they're, they're that's guys, too high. They're 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 guys who you they're guys who you want more in those spots. You and Trashman both agreed on your um, not really love, but just your you think that Doug Martin probably needs to come up from wherever he was, from wherever you saw him. Both you guys think actually in the same territory. You both want to take Doug Martin around the time where you would be taking a P- Paul Perkins-ish player is from – is from. Yeah, I mean, what, I think you have to take Doug Martin over Paul Perkins, truthfully, as much as I like Perkins. Well, it's I'm just, not sure ADPs dictate that. No, they don't. They're they're like 30 spot, spots apart. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not trying to screw so up the tool. I can't get it. I can't I'm get just, I'm that just, high, In but, a vacuum, people are interested to know those things sometimes. Right. I, but I'll say this. Like, I we want to take Doug Martin – as far as cross positionally, we'd like to take Doug Martin above uh, Randall Cobb, and, yeah. and 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 Randall Cobb has a seventh round. And I game. thought it was just too slimy to see Kenneth Dixon over Doug Martin. Yes, we, and that has been uh, that was something that has been that's been that's been figured out in this latest edition 2.0, uh, 2.1 to be out sometime hopefully by Wednesday, and then. The other thing is just y'all's. I mean, both you guys think that beast mode needs to needs to get up. Like, let's start treating him like he's really going to be a workhorse. Basically, is what both of you guys were saying. Well, I think we treat him like he's going to be getting so, fifteen to 
18 touches a game with goal lines. I mean, he has a he has an ADP of 112. I have him above some guys with ADPs of like 75, like CJ Prosas. I have him above Adrian Peterson, who's got an ADP of 80. Above Theo Riddick in a PPR, who has an ADP of 82. It just starts getting hard to get him above guys like Derrick Henry, CJ Anderson, Spencer Ware, who have ADPs in the 40s. When you have a guy like Marshawn Lynch, who's yeah, we're looking for value on all these guys. The fact is, I I would probably take Marshawn Lynch almost certainly in a vacuum over CJ Anderson if you ask me right now in a vacuum. But here's the thing: you don't have to. You you get them get them all both or pass on the other guys, get good value on somebody else, and still come back and get Lynch. Well, that brings up one raises one last question, Alex. Can you explain your strategy behind? The placement of the Lions running backs, Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah on on the sheet. Yeah. I, I thought mean, it was interesting. I think with I think with Amir Abdullah, yeah, with with his with his ADP, it, it just it falls in a spot where he's in a bit of like he's in a little bit of a a little bit of a no man's land that exists, in my opinion, between the like we talked about before, the Spencer Wares, the C.J. Andersons, the Derrick Henrys of the world. After that, you get to the ADP group. That's you know those are guys who are all going through the fourth and the fifth rounds. Then you get to the Amir Abdullahs, who you don't get to till more of the end of the sixth kind of round. You know, and then after those, like you get to the Amir Abdullah at around the same point, you get to a, like a Latavius Murray. And to me, I, in a PPR, I would rather have. Amir Abdullah, I think that I need to get him above guys like Danny Woodhead, who has an ADP of a 96. Maybe I could see, I just, man, even just, now I, with the I, Mike Davis news, I don't like Eddie. I'm not sure I like Eddie Lacy more than Amir it Abdullah. It just looked to me like a situation where you might end up with both Abdullah and Riddick. I don't see how that would be, well, not... Not with Marshawn Lynch now over. Okay, Riddick. okay, that's what's happened. Marshawn Lynch has been moved up and has changed. I don't that see dynamic. any scenario. There's no scenario. Where, well, I mean, maybe. No, there's no scenario because Theo Riddick is going. By the time you have to take Paul Perkins, Theo Riddick's going to be gone by the time. Or, or I'm sorry, by the time you have to take Amir Abdullah. I mean, you'd be more likely to end up with a Marshawn Lynch, a Paul Perkins, or an Adrian Peterson. Well, speaking of the Lions' backfield, how bullish would we be if recent uh, reports were to come true of Legarrette Blunt to the Detroit Lions? You'd, no, not bullish at all. I would be. That, that makes you would me not like Legarrette Blunt. Oh, I'd like Legarrette Blunt. I would sure. love Legarrette yeah. Blunt. It, it made me sour greatly on all these other idiots. Yeah, Blunt would be the guy. He is Byron Lambert. I am Alex Dunlap. This has been episode 23 of the Roster Watch podcast. Find all of our pro content at rosterwatch.com. Make sure and subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. We love your reviews. It makes Byron sick at night to scroll down and read them as he's going to bed. Uh, for Byron Lambert, my name is Alex Dunlap. This is the Roster Watch podcast. We will see you next time.